Hi, this is Andrea Harkins. Welcome to the Martial Arts Women Podcast. This podcast is devoted to martial art women who make a difference. Rochelle Cassetta's lifelong ambition of becoming a school teacher came to an abrupt stop early in her career when she was attacked in the hallway of a public school by a male teenage student who literally lifted her off the floor by her throat. When she complained to the principal, he called her melodramatic and told her just to calm down. Well, that was her last day on the job. She wasn't a martial artist then, not yet. And this was not even the catalyst for her seeking training. The true catalyst was when she was bullied and threatened by a family member who was also a police officer. That's when she knew for sure that martial arts were a necessity in her life, that self-defense was the answer. And as an adult, she also struggled with anger, hurt, and fear from childhood traumas because her mother was often in abusive relationships. This is no sob story, though. Rochelle found a new and different career, learned martial arts, and even owns her own school today and works private security jobs as well. She claims that martial arts did more for her than eight therapists combined. Her succinct storytelling will capture your interest as she shares how she overcame all, became successful, and why she fervently believes that everything is martial arts. Enjoy the journey and Rochelle Cassetta's very interesting podcast interview. Don't forget to check out my inspirational and how-to books, The Martial Arts Woman, Martial Art Inspirations for Everyone, and How to Start Your Own Martial Art Program, all available on Amazon. I hope these books inspire and encourage you to be the person that you want to be. Hi, Rochelle. Welcome to the Martial Arts Woman podcast. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. You are welcome. We have um, a mutual friend. Uh, I guess she's your instructor also, Michelle Monu. So she yeah. told yes, me. Yes, Michelle. Yeah, she told me to reach out to you. So um, I'm sure it'll be an interesting conversation today. Um, so let's get started with first things first. Where do you Where do you currently live? Uh, I am currently in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I have a small dojo here called Highland Kenpo. Uh, Kenpo is my, my main bloodline, uh, you mm-hmm. can say. Um, but born and raised in Southern Indiana, right across the river. So the, uh, the Ohio Valley is home. Outside of martial arts, do you work full time in a profession outside of martial I do. arts? Okay. What do you I do? do. Uh, my my nine to fiver is I work for the U.S. Census Bureau as a telecommunications specialist. Okay. That just enlivened the conversation so much. <laughs> um, if it if it deals with a telephone, video conference, or uh, contact center functionalities, I can answer the technical questions. Cool. So you're the technical person, which. By the way, I'm so not technical. I'm the worst technical person you would ever want to talk to. So I'm glad there's people like you out there. Um, I am only technical when it comes to how the phone works. If you ask me how the PC works, 
Yeah. Call the help desk. <laughs> I have okay. no idea. It's magic in a box. <laughs> Got to. <laughs> so what is your, um, what is your education? Uh, well, I went to, uh, went to all of my, my rudimentary school in, in Southern Indiana and ended up going to college at Indiana University. Mm-hmm. Graduated with a BS in secondary education. Uh, Indiana separates social studies into seven schools of, of study. And so I had certification to teach all seven schools of study because I couldn't okay. make up my mind. Well, they all overlap. So Yeah, you know. that would be hard to pick. <laughs> I, I used to hate it when people asked me when when I would tell them I taught social studies, they would say, "Oh, what do you coach?" Yeah, and I said, "I don't coach anything. It's an academic field." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm quite certain my lip twitched. You know? <laughs> That's funny. I don't coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you did. You didn't come into my class and just watch a movie. You actually came in and discussed, yeah. read, and wrote, and learned. <laughs> understood things yes uh, that's great if my students did not leave my classroom arguing with one another I had not done my job right for the day yeah so what <laughs> what prompted the move of career from teaching to um, uh, like technical IT well that was a weird switch um as as any good public school teacher I had second jobs you, know, you have to pay the rent. Right. right. Um, and I was working evenings at uh, the National Processing Center for the, the U.S. Census Bureau as mm-hmm. a uh, telephone agent. Okay. I was one of those people that called and said, you know, uh, this is Rochelle Cassetta from the U.S. Census Bureau. May I speak with? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so get hung up on, yeah. you know. <laughs> right. Um, Click, but click, they click. Uh, exactly yeah <laughs> or or you don't work for the government they don't work on evenings yeah we do we work holidays too <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was lots of uh, misidentification during that time yes uh, but I was uh, filling in for another teacher and had a student that was having a particularly bad day and felt quite violent and took oh. out on me in the hallway. Oh, oh no. I, I had two teachers behind me and the school principal ahead of me. And everybody just disappeared and left me alone with this child. How old was the, the student? Uh, I honestly don't know. Like 16, 17. Oh, okay. So like the teen, definite teen yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I taught at a high school. Um. So yeah, 16, 17 years old. I didn't know him. He wasn't one of one of my 150. The mm-hmm. school had some 1,500 students, so I I didn't know this kid from Adam. Um, but he lifted me off the floor by my throat and smacked me into the cafeteria windows. And I thought, hmm, I need to get out of this. Yeah. This is not good. Uh Broke away, do? found out that the, the principal had left the building, so he, he did not go to get help. He left. Um, went out to my car. My car had been vandalized. I lived in the apartment complex across the street. I got broken into that weekend. Monday morning, sitting in my locked classroom, 
was this boy. Mm -hmm. And he said, good morning, Miss Cassetta. We're going to be seeing a lot more of one another. No. And I said, no, no, we are not. And I went to the office. Brand new teacher expected the school to support me. Yeah. The principal told me that I was being melodramatic, that I was making a mountain out of a molehill, and that I needed to stop being hysterical and just calm down. This is about as excited as I get in a stressful situation as you hear my voice now. Right, right. You can imagine those lovely words did not set well with me in 1996. Mm-hmm. And I showed him the bruising on my throat and I said, this is not melodrama, this is assault. Right. Are you telling me you need his butt in the seat more than you need me in front of the classroom? So what happened? I gave notice. Okay. That was my last day. I cried for about two weeks because I had spent 10 years preparing to be an instructor. That was my, that was my path. That was my goal. I was going to have my, my PhD by the time I was 25. I was going to be teaching on a college campus with my books and my cat. That, yeah. that was my goal. Mm -hmm. um, right. The Census Bureau worked me as, as government workers can. 39 and a half hours is considered oh, part-time. Okay. So I worked 39 and a half hours uh, thinking that I would get another teaching job somewhere else. Well, as things lagged, the Census Bureau sent me back to school and turned me into a communications engineer. Okay. Yeah. That at well, first they cool. thought I was just being cute, that I was interested in this, this project they were working on. They assigned me as a technical writer. And I just documented the installation of this thing called a PBX. It's their phone system. Mm -hmm. And my curiosity birthed a brand new job series at that facility. And here I am 26 years later. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that's an incredible story. I think as I found out back then and, and as friends of mine who still teach today still encounter, you know, it's predominantly a, a female profession. Mm -hmm. And it is treated as though it's got to be easy if women do it. Yeah. And it's insulting. Yeah. I it's, actually it's have very a couple. Insulting. Yeah, a couple of um, men in my family are teachers. So um, my brother-in-law is a retired teacher. Um, and my nephew is a teacher. But yeah, you're right. Um, <clears throat> and we sort of get pigeonholed into certain, certain things sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, um, like the... But kind of the trigger words that were used on me, you know, that I was being yeah. hysterical. Overdramatic. Or being over. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah, exactly. Nobody who knows me could ever use those words. <laughs> <laughs> Sarcastic. Yeah. You know, yeah. Maybe that, but not, not melodrama. Right. <laughs> not tell you how many times over the 26 years that I've been with the Bureau that I have thanked that nameless boy. Yeah, yeah. You know, for not for, not for his his criminal behavior, I may still be teaching somewhere. 
Yes. I would not have had the opportunity to travel that I've had. I would not have had the opportunities that I've had. Um, so just because something is negative does not necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Right. That's exactly it's, true. It's um, totally what you do with it. Yes. Yes. I always tell the story about how my college professor didn't really like me. Um, you know, I goofed off a little bit or whatever, but she said, <laughs> well, you're, you'll never be able to be a writer. You're just not good, good enough or whatever. And, you know, it stuck with me forever. Uh, and I didn't write my first book until I was 50 years old because of that almost, you know, I just was like, oh, I'm not good mm -hmm. enough, you know, mm -hmm. but you can't do that. You have to turn it around. Um, and it's always unexpected, this, these paths that come from it, like you said, uh, you just never know what's, what's going to happen. And basically when these things happen, they give you a, a new opportunity, a new sense of direction, if you're willing to kind of keep your eyes open for it. So very you just, important. You just don't stop. You know, yeah. I think so many people when they when they hit an obstacle and, and, and especially in martial arts, that's why people quit. Yeah, they, they find something difficult. It's not as easy as they thought or they're self-conscious. Somebody made fun of them. They don't you know, they have that imposter syndrome set in. They quit. Yeah, exactly. Quitting is always always an option uh, when you are not ready to, to be really diligent and push through the obstacles. And, um, and, and absolutely meet that challenge. Yeah. Take yeah. it as a challenge. You know, she said you couldn't write. Obviously she was wrong. Yeah. I mean, I kept writing all those years. <laughs> I just never pursued getting anything published. And it wasn't until I got up enough nerve when I was 50 years old um, for MA Success, which is a martial art magazine, I was like, you know, I'm just going to send in an inquiry. I'm just going to send in an idea and see how mm -hmm. it goes. And I got a response back and they're like, yes, we like the article. Let's write it. This is what you do. We'll pay you for it. I'm like, holy geez, what's happening? Um, well, and, and then I became a writer. That. Yeah, I became yeah. a writer for that magazine. I've written so many articles for them. Um, and but then I've written harder, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you I tried harder, and... you read it with a more critical eye. You probably heard her voice in the back of your head, and you're like, what yeah. would she say if I said, oh, I should change the phrasing. Da, 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 da. So right. it's not a bad thing Yeah, to have yeah, that, no, I agree. that little extra needle. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, let's, let's talk. I mean, we've mm -hmm. touched on martial arts, uh, mm -hmm. but let's talk about your martial art training. When did you begin practicing martial arts? How old were you? Oh, goodness. I didn't, I didn't begin until my late 30s. Okay. Um, I had uh, now an ex-sister-in-law who was a police officer. And and her spouse were both police officers, and they did not like me, and they were very threatening. And and I decided that uh, I was going to take them at their word that they were going to uh, make make me very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I was going to let it be a surprise, and I started looking around for training. I wanted to make sure that I found somebody who was not affiliated with the police department yeah um which was incredibly hard around here uh, it didn't matter what what gym what dojo what trainer 
they all had some tie back. Um, I continued doing internet searches and I found uh, Professor Lee, Roger Lee. He was one of uh, Al Tracy's direct students. And when Tracy's had their gym in mm-hmm. Louisville, they, they still have, a, have one, I believe, down in Lexington. But they had, they had a very large one here in Louisville. And Roger was one of the main instructors there. Um, obviously, he had retired from that, wasn't doing that any longer. I sent him an email. We met a couple times, and he decided that my reasoning was sound. I wasn't doing it for any of the wrong reasons, and he would be happy to teach me. Okay, uh, great. So I started, I want to say that was like in 2006, 2007. And I studied with Roger until about three years ago. Um he now unfortunately has Parkinson's and the Parkinson's oh, okay. uh, obviously made hands-on work impossible. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was with him 13 years or so. Uh, okay. Yeah. He's, he's, he's an amazing man. He has an amazing story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he lots uh, of amazing he, stories out there. I yeah. love that. Um, he had never taught a woman before. Oh, okay. So the way I learn, the way he taught, we had to learn each other. You know, I I, I want to understand it in my head and discuss it and analyze it. And he's like, no, here, punch. Yeah. Right, just do. <laughs> That's what we do, martial arts. Just do. Yeah. I'm like, well, well, did I go with my left or my right? Go, just punch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. It was now, awesome. so how did, awesome. did, the, did this training ever tie back to this relationship with these uh, family members uh, who are police officers? They, it, it never came to a head. Okay. Um, maybe 10 years after I had been studying with Roger, there was a conversation one Thanksgiving, and um, I made mention that I had to go to class or something. And one of them said, what are you taking classes for? Mm-hmm. And it, after 10 years, I made, I made eye contact and said, I've been studying Ken Po for the last 10 years. You didn't know that? Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but... It wasn't so much that I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing this for a fight. I was doing this so that I knew I could avoid a fight. Right. Which makes um, sense. Yeah. 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 Um, the more I know, the calmer I am, the less stressed I am. When I first started with, with, with martial arts, I would sleep at night in a ball with fists and clenched and and just tight. Yeah. And I haven't done that over a decade. Um, It, it absolutely every aspect of my life. Michelle Mono says, you know, you don't study Lua. You are Lua. It is Lua. Everything Mm -hmm. is Lua. 
And I will extrapolate that out even further. Everything is martial arts. Yeah. Everything is about balance. Everything is about psychological balance, physical balance, you know, literal balance. I had a, uh, a back injury that I was, I was rehabbing through and some of the balance exercises I would do while I was waiting for my tea kettle to heat up, you know, or when I'm taking the laundry down to the basement. I, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, crescent steps, warrior walks, whatever, you know, it becomes a habit. It becomes part of you. It's, I can't remember what I was doing the other day. Somebody said, what are you doing? And I was doing a, uh, uh, a heel flex exercise. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Did it bother you? You know? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it's true. Martial arts is, when you learn martial arts and you're a martial artist, it, it is life, basically. Um, you don't even think about it. You just do things that are related somehow to martial arts or balance or, mm-hmm. or mindset, whatever it is. Um, it, it draws back to that. Well, you when know, did you, mm-hmm. when did you begin your own school? Because you have a Kempo school, Highland Kempo that you mentioned Highland earlier. Kempo. Yeah, yeah. Um, when did you start I, that? I started that um, right before the pandemic. So okay. I guess beginning of 2019. And I do a lot of uh, clinic work. I don't, I don't teach a belt system. Um, belts for me, regardless of what, what style you're learning, belts hold up your pants. Belts don't mean a darn thing. Your body mm-hmm. tells, tells the story. You know, if, if you wear a black belt, but you don't move your feet or you're sloppy when you kick or you just kind of flop around, eh. you know, what yeah. is that? What is that? Um, that's not a black belt. You can have the crispest technique and just be a complete narcissist. And that's not a black belt either because they don't have the balance of the spirit and the mind. So I don't teach a belted system. Okay. Uh, my school is a self-defense school. Uh, our background is Kenpo, obviously. Tai Chi and Krav Maga. Um, I specifically cater to women's groups and schools. Uh, I, I did uh, several clinics um, preparing young women to go off to college. Yeah, that's great. Um, because, of course, you know, they're busy looking at their phones and with their earbuds in and going, oh, nothing like that's going to happen to me. And surprise. Oh, my gosh. And college campuses are so prevalent for sexual assault. And, and young women and, do not realize it or, or take it seriously. Well, sometimes. they don't take it seriously. Yeah. I don't think we talk about it in, in a non-Hollywood way. Yeah. You know, it's it's not a movie topic. It's something that actually happens. And and we do not prepare young women to go off by themselves without that support network mm-hmm. and no skills. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so that was, that was quite a bit of what I, what I typically do. Um, I have, um, visiting professors come into town and, and we'll do, uh, clinics, events, seminars, uh, that sort of thing. Um, that's actually one of the first times I met Michelle Manu. Okay. Who's I, was I had her down here for a fundraiser for the Center for Women and Families. And Great. Yeah, yeah. So she did her she program specifically for women. Yeah. yeah. And then she also did uh, Lua clinics so that, you know, the gentleman could join us and people of other other styles could join us. Um, Great. But so yeah, why so would you say, why would you say your focus is on women? Is it because of your personal experiences or you enjoy teaching women more or you just feel like they need martial arts more? I think it's my entire life experience. Mm -hmm. um, my mother was in abusive relationships my entire childhood. I watched that. I've seen enough yeah. through my through my life uh i'm 52 now so i i've seen enough of my life to know that women are perpetuating our own stereotypes yeah we need to wake up and when i get to be part of that moment when a woman regardless of age physicality or experience has that Oh, you mean, you mean I'm worthy? You mean I can do something for me? That's an amazing moment. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. See that, that independence, you know, open the little locked box it's been chucked into and peek out for the first time. You're like, there you are right there. Yeah. I, very important. Like, yeah, I like being that being there for that. Yeah, um, I mean it's the same reason I focus on women in what I do. Um, not everything I do is is for women, but the more, this obviously is podcast. It's only women because I want women, martial art women, to have a platform that's just for them because there's not enough of us to make a presence sometimes when we're just on platforms that are mostly male dominated. Mm -hmm. And it's just important that we have a place for our voice as well. Um, and, and like you said, just so many women on this show, Rochelle, have been sexually assaulted. And that just shows you the, the I don't know, the importance, the relevance of uh, how women are treated yes. in our society. So when well, martial art women are telling their stories about being assaulted, you know, and that's why they became martial artists. Uh, in the first place um, is to overcome that. So that shouldn't always be the reason to become a martial artist for a woman. You know what I'm saying? It shouldn't always be because I've been attacked and I need to learn how to defend myself. It should also exactly. be because I want to learn something new. I want to get in shape. I want it. But sometimes those things are just not a part of it because we have to more focus on the necessity. Yeah. 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 It shouldn't have to be a necessity, but you know, for, a millennia now it has been yeah 
And if we, if we allow the dominant culture, Western culture, if we allow mm-hmm. the dominant speakers in that culture to tell us what our role is, then we are property. Mm-hmm. We are functional. We are furniture. And I refuse. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I, will, I will drag as many of my sisters with me to refuse. Yeah. Um, well, part of it is we need to become, and this is the other thing that I try to focus on as well, is uh, creating martial art leaders who are women. You know, we need to own schools. We need to create programs. We need to do those things that help uplift us beyond just being the everyday martial artist, which is fine. But I'm just saying we need more women leadership, more women who step out and do the seminars, who you know own the programs, who own the schools, um, and that well, that helps I'm glad too. that you're doing this podcast to to introduce women to women. Yeah. Um, too many times, you know, the woman at the school is teaching the children and doing the admin work, doing mm-hmm. the tidy up. And it's, I'm, I don't want to say that's not okay if that's what she would like her role to be. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If, that's, if that's what you want, hey, I want to, you know, my husband and I taught martial arts together for years. And he was the main instructor because he created like the plan, the lesson plans and whatnot. Right. Um, and my son and I taught with him, but I loved the role of being sort of like the woman who worked with the little kids and because I love children. So, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that role is, is perfectly okay as well. But you're a quite um, capable martial artist. Right. That's not all you can do is handle the little ones. Right, right. And 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 that has that is that stereotype, you know. Um, when I tell people that I own Highland Kimpo, oh, who's the main instructor? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm? You know, I yeah. feel like the RCA dog, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what you, I just said I own it. Well, who's your instructor? Huh? <laughs> no, I used to get that. I, I've, I've mentioned this before, too. And as I said, my husband and I taught together. So we taught usually at rec centers, YMCAs and whatnot. And people would come in and I would be there and they'd say, oh, I, hi, I need to talk to the owner of the program. OK, well, what do you need? Well, you know, and they'll look over like where my husband is, like he's teaching the kids, he's teaching the class. I'm dressed. Right. Um, and they're like, yeah, you know, the owner over there. And I was like, no, well, I'm the owner. We own this together. You know, I'm actually as capable as he is, you know, and it just was like, oh, uh, uh, mm-hmm. oh, okay. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that, you know. So, yeah, we still have a little bit of that we have to deal with in, in our world. <laughs> um, so do you have any instructors that work with you or you're essentially like the main, main instructor of your, your program? I am the main instructor of my program. Okay. I had, I had had some plans for some, uh, some other women in the region to work with me as things kind of grew and developed. But with the pandemic, everything kind of came to a close for a bit. Yeah. And, and we're, we're starting to discuss those plans again in uh, SIA, Mm -hmm. which is executive protection and have 
worked private security jobs. I actually licensed Highland Kinpo additionally as a security agency so that I could hire myself okay. as the agent. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the nice thing is when I work, people don't know that I'm working because I don't, I'm not six foot four, two twenty. look like I just crawled yeah. out of team six, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I blend in, you know, um, one of, one of my favorite clients when they, when they come to Kentucky for, for derby or, or dressage or, you know, whatever equine thing they're into, they, they bring their, um, tween daughter with them. Yeah. And she is at risk of being kidnapped. Right. So they have hired me and I am just Auntie Rochelle. Okay. I, you know, she is now old enough that she knows I'm not just her guide around the city. She knows there's something else going on now. But yeah. when she was younger, it was just, oh, Auntie Rochelle, hello, what are we doing today? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and off we go. Yeah. Um, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's kind of nice, you know, just to be sipping coffee and nobody knows that, you know, touch that child, you you disappear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never see well, you again. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite thing about teaching martial arts? It's just fun. Yeah. You know, it 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 can be it can be so serious, it can be so regimented, you know, really depends on the student and and how they best pick it up, but for the most part it's fun seeing people come into their bodies. You know, I, I laugh and joke that I do not dance. I do, mm-hmm. but I do not dance. Right, you know? right. And it's fun to see people who come in who are dancers. And they act like they don't know how to do the same things that we do. And I'm like, yes, you do. You know how to do this. Um, there's a, a, a ballet school that. I worked with for, I don't know, about, about five and a half months. And they had had, they had had an instructor who had been accosted going out to the parking lot one night. So they had me come in and I was working with everybody, including the instructors for self-defense. And here are these people who can do pirouette after pirouette after pirouette claiming they can't do a front snap kick. Right. Right. Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so fun. It's the perspective, you know. People just have this perspective of what they can and cannot do, and they box themselves in such such a limiting way to live your life. But we all do it to some extent. But it's it's very funny that people who are so skilled in other things think when that. Was the last time you went skipping down a sidewalk. Yeah. Could you, never... could you just go to the sidewalk and start skipping? Or would you have to think about it? How do I do that? Yeah. And, and, I, and it's, it's fun to see them stuck in their head. And then when you see them do it, they're still in their head. 
Yeah. And they do it again. They're still in their head. Then suddenly they're in their body a little bit and then they do it. They felt it. They were there. And again, it's, it's another one of those aha moments. Right. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, do 20 more just like, that. you know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Now you got it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. Next. <laughs> uh, yeah. On to the next thing. Um, you mentioned. So that's what I enjoy. I enjoy seeing people. Yeah feel more confident about what they're doing, mm -hmm. knowledgeable about the, themselves. Yeah. Very enlightening experience. Well, I'm very emotional too, you know, through body movement, you, you, you remember things that you didn't remember. You start feeling emotions that you didn't feel. I mean, I have had some of the best workouts and had women just start sobbing. Yeah. And the first few times that happened to me, I thought, oh, my God, what did I do wrong? <laughs> and apparently, yeah. no, I did it right. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Uh, I was like, why are you crying? <laughs> um, but because they didn't know they could do that. They didn't know they could move that way, that it could feel that way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's uh, very interesting and it is very rewarding to see that as an instructor, to see your students figuring things out and as they figure out martial arts they figure out other things in their life and it's really very i guess gratifying to to know that you're the catalyst for them learning more about themselves and building their confidence absolutely it's not all about the punching of the bag yeah exactly it's the using of the brain yep yeah yeah now, I know that you train, obviously, or you have trained in more than one martial art because you train with Kuma Michelle and you do Kempo. Do you feel like training in more than one martial art is important to a martial artist? I do. It's, it's probably not a real popular opinion, but I do. I, mm -hmm. think, I, think it, I think it is important. I think like anything else, if you stay in your bubble, you get biased. You, you don't. You don't open yourself up to other possibilities, other motives, other ways of thinking, other ways of moving. Um, I got introduced to Tai Chi after I had had surgery. And I needed to work on the ligaments and tendons and strengthening them. Yeah. And not so much the big muscles. And... Tai Chi was amazing. Yeah. I take Tai Chi every Saturday morning. Uh, I have never um, moved I so slowly and sweat so much. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I take it on Zoom and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I've, I'm with the same instructor I've been with for years. Um, but you're right. People always think that Tai Chi is like just this simple little thing, you know, and old people do it. Um, but when you really do it right, it's. It's amazing. Well, um, and and have you have you explored um, Tai Chi as a martial art? What all of those fluid, slow movements mean when you actually turn them into a trap? We, we do a discuss strike. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My instructor yeah. does. He he shows the application. Um, it's but pretty since amazing. I'm Zoom, since I'm Zoom on Zoom, I'm the only one in the class on Zoom, and of course, I don't. I don't have a partner to do things with because he'll demonstrate and say, okay, well, try this on your, your partner or partner to see. Yeah. But 
but I can see what he's doing and I'm, I'm familiar with the movements just because of the other martial arts I've taken. Um, but I agree with you cross training. I had, um, a, a Taekwondo instructor, uh, that I, you know, I went to his classes for a couple of years, but I was teaching my own classes at the time, which is our, um, Tang Sudo based. And I was taking Tai Chi. Um, and the, the Taekwondo instructor didn't want me to, you know, especially didn't want me to do the Tai Chi, um, because it was a, another martial art and he didn't want me to take mm -hmm. more, more than one martial art, especially I was already teaching another style of martial arts. And it was just a constant battle with him over time. Yeah. And I have to be concerned that he wasn't confident in his own art that he couldn't allow you to explore another. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't, it's not like I, I mean, I've been in martial arts since 1989. So it's not like I was a new student. Like I, was, I understand beginners, you know, yeah, I wouldn't recommend doing more than one. But anyway, it, in the long run, that didn't work out, that program anyway. And I realized the shortcomings of it. After a bit of time, I was like, yeah, this is just not, not right. But I do believe in cross-training. And I also believe in using martial arts as a cross-training method for athletes. Uh, my sons were both in basketball. They were both in, I have three sons and a daughter. So the two oldest, they were into basketball, they were into football, and they took martial arts with us. Um, and to me, your sole reason for martial arts does not have to be a belt level like you discussed, even though our system mm -hmm. was was belt belted. Mm -hmm. It can be um, a way to become better at some of the other things that you do. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with kids coming in and saying, I can't take this all year because I do other sports. I'm like, okay, well, come in. Let's <laughs> learn what you can learn and let's apply that to your other sports. Um, so for Great me, for uh, conditioning. Yeah. 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 Anyway, those are my thoughts on cross training. Um, I oh, enjoy you know, cross training. I understand belted systems. I understand the psychology of, you know, okay, here's your graduation ceremony moving on. It's a good motivator. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's good. It's, it, it's, it's all good. But at the same time, there's a downside to it for those people who don't learn as quickly. You know, why am I still, you know, an orange belt and I've been doing this for eight years, you know? Yeah. I do. You know, I, I, I know where you're coming from with on that. Yeah. Our, our yeah. belted system, I, I felt it, it was, it was good. Um, but yes, you're right. Some people don't train as learn as quickly. And so they might lag behind and feel bad about that. So there's definitely, yeah. I, I after that, I've, I've taught a lot of what I call, I've gotten away from, like, if I teach a seminar or something, I teach what I call martial art concepts as opposed mm -hmm. to, like, specific training methods per type of, you know, per style. Um, let's move on to my, my question over here about martial art mindset. And I'm sure we've touched on it, but I'd like to know how you, if I say, you know, what is your definition of a martial art mindset? What comes to mind for you? What's your description of that? I would say a martial art mindset has to embrace flexibility and evolution. You know, when you, when you first begin, you're not thinking the same thing that you're thinking two decades on. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the mindset needs to be one of openness. 
I think it needs to be of seriousness. And I think it needs to be mature. It needs to be mm-hmm. able to mature. Um, you know, you go back to, to the instructor that didn't want you to take any other martial art. He should have been encouraging you to do that. Mm-hmm. Again, you're not, you weren't a child. You weren't, this wasn't your first introduction, right? Yeah. So he should have been encouraging you to do that. Um, I think if you, if you lack curiosity, if you lack that motivation to study the other, then you trap yourself in a box and, and a true martial art mindset would be one of, of, you know, I can't just kick, 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 kick my way out of things. Sometimes you have to be able to use your brain, to use your intuition. How do you think you apply this martial art mindset that you've just described, which I agree with, by the way, but how do you, how would you apply that type of mindset to life, to just everyday life? How, How does that affect your daily life, that mindset? I think it makes me a better listener. I think it makes me better able to troubleshoot at my job. I think it makes me a better citizen as a whole because I try to look at things as a whole and not mm-hmm. just, you know, little little pinprick theories and ideas and concepts. Um, I I think it just makes me a more well-balanced, calmer member of my community, to tell you the truth. Yeah, makes sense. And then I can be a complete jerk, too, because I will honk at you on the road. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if if we don't do that, I mean, sometimes (laughs) you just have to do that. Um, My next uh, question was about sharing a personal story. You You really have sort of shared a few personal stories. Is there any other personal story that you'd like to share something outside of, you know, using martial arts physically, but more like, you know, you gained enough confidence to overcome a a personal situation. You talked earlier about the police officers and the family and sort of how you overcame maybe your fear and anxiety about them, you know, saying they're going to do something to you. Is there anything else in your life, like a situation that's occurred where you, you know, how do you use that mindset? Maybe it was a surgery or maybe it was an attack or maybe, maybe it was just, you know, I don't know, a difficult period of, of your life. I tell you, there's a, there's a lot within martial arts that, that goes so far beyond the physical, so far beyond, you know, me using Tai Chi as physical therapy. Um, there is a there is a metaphysical aspect, a spiritual aspect. Um, you know, we can train the body with exercise. We can train the mind through readings. Um, but you have to train the spirit as well, and you have to you have to point that inside. You have to understand yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what makes you what makes you angry 
why are you angry? Anger is a base emotion. It's not, it's not an emotion in and of itself. It's triggered by, why were you angry about that? Um, growing up, I told you my, my mother was in a string mm-hmm. of abusive relationships. I had anger issues. <laughs> yeah, I, I could understand that. <laughs> I had anger issues. And I never really had the opportunity to talk to myself to know why I was angry until I was an adult. Mm-hmm. And being able to sort through my anger, being able to sift through it and see what was it that I was embarrassed, I was hurt, I was scared. You know, being able to take those various traumas and understand them and be able to feel them not as the child I was, but as the woman I am. Mm-hmm. Right. If not for the metaphysical study, the psychological study, the emotional work that martial arts has afforded me, I don't know what kind of a little mouse I would be. Or or maybe not even a mouse. Maybe I'd be that screaming banshee on the corner, you know, that everybody ducks their yeah. head and away from, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Which yeah. way could I have gone? Um, I think martial arts and and its allowances for self-discovery did more for me than probably eight therapists combined. Yeah. Um, truly being able to have instructors and and other students, friends that don't just say, I want to meet you where you are. They mean it. Yeah. Um, it's it's not just wordplay. My current school, I I honestly think if you're an instructor and you're not studying in a school, if you're not still a student, then what are you really teaching? You know, you have to you have to keep that that student's mindset. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I love being a student. So. And my my current school that, that I am a student in, I absolutely love. It, it it really is the only school I have ever been in that embraced body, mind, spirit. I mean, you get homework. Yeah, really. Go do this. Go write that. Go think this. I come from a a, a, a background of you don't write anything down. That's just verboten. Okay. <laughs> so this whole concept of journaling and writing things, I like it, but I hate it. And it scares me and it intimidates me. And yet when I go back and I reread, it helps me. Yeah. Yeah. It's such so, a cathartic thing. Very. Do. Well, and, and I'll just stream of consciousness. I'll just start, you know, thinking on a topic. I'll just start writing stuff. And then later I'll go back and I'll look at it and I'll see the pattern. Like, Oh, no, is that what I think? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot of self-discovery in that. Yes. But again, body, mind, spirit, it isn't just Mm -hmm. something you paint on your wall. It's, 
it's something to be taught, modeled, and followed. And uh, it's it, it, really like in this school, really like in this right. school. Can, I, can I give important. a shameless plug? Yeah. For oh, school? absolutely. Go ahead. Nakoa, capital N-A, next word, capital K-O-A. Okay. Nakoa. Yeah. We can put a link into the to the uh, podcast description also, if you'd like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for yours, of course, and, and any other links that you want to share. Yeah. Um, Nakoawahine.org. Okay. I think it's an org. It might be .com. Okay. Um, and then there's also Nakoakane. Um, we're all Just, one school now, but they go to the same same webpage. Well, let's wrap up. We're, we're yeah. coming up on an hour. Um I just have a sort of a final question. What advice would you give to women interested in learning a martial art and, and follow that up with, if there's anything else that you'd like to share in this podcast, but you know, lots of women out there interested in learning a martial art. What advice would you give them? Shop for a school. Don't take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. And listen to your spidey sense okay. if it's not a yeah. good fit it's not a good fit there are there are so many schools and so many choices and know why you want to do it some will find tai chi absolutely perfect for others that'll be entirely too passive they'll want krav maga there are a lot of choices. Don't yeah. feel like you have to join one and stay there for the rest of your life. Right. Very true. Right. So much to learn. So many opportunities, so many styles, so many instructors, um, yep. different feelings, different attitudes, different philosophies. Um, so it's, yeah, you just need to to give a couple a try or go and watch a couple yeah. classes, whatever, whatever works for you. Is hard, there anything else? Soft, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Hard and soft. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so many, so many options. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we log off of this podcast for today? We have covered so much ground and I really appreciate you letting me ramble and, and tell stories. Um, that's, that's really how best my brain works. Um, I just hope that, that the folks that are listening, that if they're not already studying, that just pick something, do something, move, get your yeah. body moving. Um, no choice is a bad choice. Even if you don't like it, it's not a bad choice. You learn something. So I hope I hope they enjoy the the, the discovery of mm -hmm. what's out there and know that there's a lot of us that are happy to encourage, happy to laugh with them, happy to cry with them. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I think it was so interesting and enlightening. I love hearing everyone's perspectives. Every woman on the show has been so different. Um, you know, we have this common bond of womanhood, but everybody is just so unique in their experiences. So it's amazing to be able to share all these stories. I, I appreciate it. And I, again, thank you so much uh, for being on the show.
Thank you, Andrea. I really appreciate it.